Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have with me Eliora. She is an author and energy healer who specializes in how our emotions have power, both negative and positive, and have the ability to frame our lives. It is her mission to guide others through their own emotions and the emotions of those around them as they work to create healthy patterns in their relationships. Her new book, Drink from the Well, A Guide to Recognizing Your Fears and Letting Them Go, provides a pathway for anyone who is looking to live a happier, more joyful life. It provides tools to both connect with good, compassionate, and and loving person that you are inside, as well as recognize your fear to understand the role that fear plays in our emotions, thoughts, and behaviors, and then how to release it. For it is only by connecting with both the love within you and seeing the fear in yourself and others and releasing that, that you can truly be at peace and love yourself and others. So today we're going to talk about how to avoid being negatively affected by the dark moods and hurtful and upsetting behaviors of those around you. So I think this is going to be really great and juicy. Eliora, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you very much. I am excited to be here as well. So go ahead and let us um, get to know you a little better by telling us, you know, how you came to uh, studying these emotions and, and being the expert and the author of this book, Drink from the Well. Um, a number of years ago, I started to understand that there was a quiet voice within me um, that could only be heard when I meditated, when I sort of dropped down and in and away from my thinking mind. And as I learned to listen to this quiet voice, I call it my deepest wisdom, um, I realized that there's a whole new way of seeing myself and others and my emotions than I had previously perceived. And so I started um, sort of just asking questions and understanding. And I also, I work with with clients one-on-one and I also work with groups. And as I worked with people, I began to see how certain patterns played out, um, how our emotions were triggered by fear. And the more I learned, the more I started relying more and more on deepest wisdom to guide me rather than letting my ego and my thinking and my fear to be in control. And it's sort of taking me down this path to writing a book, which, to be quite honest, the idea of even writing scared the heck out of me when it first came to me that I need to do it. And I 
I just trusted and I worked through my fears as they came up and I couldn't believe when I actually accomplished it and created this book. Um, and so my purpose um, in life is to help people understand that there's another way of living their lives, not controlled by fear, not controlled by negative emotions and hurtful behavior, but instead connecting to that deepest wisdom, that soul within you and letting it guide you. And so um, that's how I've gotten where I am, by listening to my deepest wisdom. Okay. I actually would like to start there. What is, uh, what is, especially in the context of how you work with people in your practice, this deepest wisdom that you refer to? Is it I, something outside of us? Is it something within us? Something, is it some, a combination of the two? <laughs> it's, it's, for deepest wisdom is the quiet voice within you. And you can only connect to it when you let go of thinking, when you drop down and into your body. And it's interesting because your body has so much information in it. Your body is constantly telling you what's going on inside of you, what's going on around you, if you only learn to listen to it. I had no idea when I started how informative my body was. The tension in my body tells me the amount of fear and negativity and darkness I'm feeling. When I'm with someone, I can immediately feel in my body the amount of darkness that they are feeling and I'm picking mm -hmm. up on. And so deepest wisdom for me is that quiet voice in me. And we all have a deepest wisdom. It's just that we never learn how to connect with it. It's not like you go to school and they teach you, you know, in kindergarten, just to close your eyes, to focus on your exhale. Because by focusing on your exhale, you're letting go. If you breathe in, you focus on your inhale and your exhale, that's fine. You stay neutral. When you focus on your exhale, the sound of the air, the movement of the air, the movement of your chest, what you're doing is you're letting go. Letting go of mm -hmm. your thoughts, letting go of your feelings, dropping down and into your body. And you reach a deeper space of quiet within you. And then you can learn to ask questions and just so continue focusing on your exhale while you wait for an answer. Because ego is going to want to jump in. It's like the kid in, do you remember when you were in grade school, there was always one child that raised their hand and, and announced the answer before anyone else had a chance to even think about answering it? That's mm -hmm. your ego. It wants to jump in there right away with the answer. So you continue focusing on your exhale to keep your conscious mind busy. And you wait for the quiet voice to answer. And it could be an idea, or an image, or a memory, or a feeling. And the more you do that, the quicker and easier it is to hear deepest wisdom. So for me now, it used to take like sometimes five, ten minutes to get an answer from deepest wisdom when I started. And now it happens in seconds. Because I've been doing it for years. I've been practicing a lot. So that's mm -hmm. deepest wisdom. And when I work with clients, I've learned to listen to their deepest wisdom. It's just a gift I have. I don't know where I got it. I didn't know I had it until I was in my 50s. I just, the more I listened, the more I found I was capable, what I was capable of listening for, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely um, so true. And and I teach a variety of intuitive methods and classes. And that's one of the things that 
I tell my students too, is that we all have this innate intuition and it's just a matter of cultivating it and practicing it. And like you said, getting quiet and being open to listen and to hear and to receive and being able, I also think it's like the tuning into that feeling, you know, like when we ask a question, there is a distinct feeling between like a yes answer and a no answer. And the more you practice, the more you get familiar, the faster and the more, you know, um, aware that you are and confident, I think, and reassuring that you're listening, you know, you're receiving the answer from, like you said, like that place, that quiet place inside you. Some people call it the higher self, um, but it is that guide, that guiding light that is within all of us. Yeah. I've actually, I've actually found that when you're connecting deepest wisdom and hearing it, there's like um, a, a release, an opening. And when you're hearing from ego, it's a tightening and constriction. So that's what I tell my clients. My, my my people because I'll say is this my deepest wisdom or ego I'm like well think about the answer what what does it bring what's what are you feeling in your body your mm-hmm. body's telling you whether it's ego or deepest wisdom if it's tightness it's ego if it's release and opening it's deepest wisdom so yeah I agree a hundred percent it's amazing when you start listening where it takes you yeah and I think you know just one other thing to like bring in here is that we're we're human beings having a spiritual ex- I'm sorry we're spiritual beings have a human experience <laughs> but even just that that saying that is repeated so often these days we are human we are physical we're also energy but because we're on this physical plane that energetic and that physical peace go hand in hand so i think it's really important and and so instrumental to bring us back into our body and to link up that mind body connection and spirit connection to like you said like how do you feel when you're, you know, getting whatever answer you're getting. And, um, you know, Abraham Hicks wrote a whole book on the the power of emotions. And, and it's just a, about like, our emotions will guide us if we listen, if we feel into them. And so I think we're trained out of that at a very young age. And it takes training to come back to it. <laughs> I I agree. It's a whole new perspective. Yeah. So let's move into um, the topic of fear and how does fear sort of um, rule our lives or or have an impact on our day to day? How do we even know that we're afraid? So the quickest and easiest way to know we're afraid is to feel for the tension in our body. Okay. To also look. Are we feeling negative emotions? Are we thinking negative thoughts? Are we behaving in hurtful ways to ourselves or others? Because all of those responses are due to fear. When we are afraid, we, it triggers, it causes us to feel negative emotions. Our negative emotions are in direct response to feeling afraid. Our negative thoughts about ourselves and other people are in direct response to feeling afraid. And those hurtful and destructive ways we behave to ourselves and others 
are in direct response to feeling afraid. And so we might think that feeling afraid is that panicky, overwhelming feeling like that uh, you're going to be killed. No, 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 no. Fear is with us almost all the time. And we share three common fears. We, we are afraid of being judged, seen, judged, condemned by other people, right? Maybe as inferior, inadequate, not important, not lovable. We're constantly afraid of being judged by others. And we're afraid if we're judged, they're going to reject us or hurt us or punish us. The second fear is we're afraid we're not going to get what we think we want and need. Maybe we want, we want more time off from work. Maybe we want to feel safe. Maybe we want to feel important. Maybe we want to be noticed. Uh, maybe we want to be in control. And then the third fear has two parts. It's the fear we're going to lose something important to us. And it could be important externally to us, something important in our lives, like a relationship or um, a vacation or a house or a job. Um, or, um, let's see, feeling uh, loved by other people or important to other people. Or it could be internal. It could be we are afraid we're going to lose how we see ourselves as a good mother, as a good friend, as someone who tries hard, as someone who's lazy. We all have our own perceptions of who we are, our ego, right, that limit and restrict us and make us feel safe. And we're always afraid of changing that ego, changing how we see ourselves, because then who are we if we aren't that person? So those are the fears that are constantly surrounding us and filling us. And as a result, causing us to feel negative emotions and think hurtful thoughts, focus on the negative, behave in hurtful ways. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Yeah, I think um, what I heard was, I mean, you described three main fears, mm -hmm. but it's also, it seems like it's those thoughts that we have that are really coming through that are sort of perpetuating the oh, negative yeah. emotions. And the so, yeah, so but do you, yeah. yeah, go go ahead. The negative thoughts come from our fears. Mm -hmm. The negative feelings, they all, it's like a cascade effect. The fear mm -hmm. hits. And this is the, the result, the dark, I call it darkness. All that negativity that results comes from our fear. And we're not even aware that that fear is, is, is the ultimate cause of it. All we can tell is, wow, we're in a bad mood today. Or gosh, that person was mean to us and I don't know why. Or my goodness, am I being judgmental and critical of that person over there? We know the effects of the fear, but we're not seeing the, the cause of those effects. Mm. which is which is a fear yeah and I mean and I would assume that this is just um like when we're moving through life like in a very unconscious way like more like That's reactionary right. reactionary exactly which is how, how what percentage of your life are you reacting I mean I think that's called normal isn't it yeah it's sort of like the status quo, isn't it? It's like what how we are taught to live our lives is in reaction to mm -hmm. what people what's happening around us, to people, to ourselves, to life. Yeah. So you sort of you describe definitely how this fear affects 
us personally, like within our mm-hmm. own sort of realm and in our own minds. But then let's now we add on the layer of those around us. So like our coworkers or our family members, um, you know, if they're in a bad mood, um, how that affects us. So what do you it's, it's, it's really it's going to sound amazingly simple, but it's very, very profound. So if everyone could just think of a moment when they're with someone and that person upset them. They're being triggered by being with that person. Just think of that moment in time when you were triggered. And notice how personally you're taking it. How you feel like it reflects on you. Their thoughts about you, their feelings about you. And notice notice how it becomes your problem. Right? It's their problem and now it's your problem. And it's triggering fear in you. It's triggering negative emotions in you and negative responses in you. So if everyone's in that place where they've sort of identified a moment and noticed how it's affected them, what would happen if you were to attribute this person's negativity, their bad mood, their hurtful behavior, their unkind words, to them being afraid? What would happen if instead of you taking it personally, you understood this person is behaving this way, feeling this way, because they are afraid. If you put their darkness, their negativity, in the context of their fear, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Can you feel the difference? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like to say that usually other people's um, moods, thoughts, feelings have nothing to do with the, you know, the person around them. It's what's going on within themselves. That's right. That's yeah. the first step. And then the second step is they are doing this. They are expressing their fear in this way. This has to do with fear. Because what I have found is if you can take it back to the fear and attribute it out loud to the fear, you no longer need to express your darkness the way you've been expressing it. If you can attribute whatever way your your bad mood, your negative emotions, your anything to your fear, and you can do the same thing with other people's darkness. If you attribute it to fear, it's almost like a switch is flipped. And now you can see everything in the context of the truth which is this person is is afraid and this is the way they're expressing their fear. And it has to be brought back to that penultimate cause, the truth, the, the, the fear, that fear is causing it in order for that switch to be flipped. You can just say, yeah, it's their problem. It doesn't have the same effect. Mm-hmm. You might say, it, then it becomes a game of logic. Then you're in your head, you're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. It's, you're playing a logic game. Yes, it's theirs, it's not mine. But when you attribute it to fear, them behaving in this negative way is a result of them feeling afraid. Then something happens inside of you, deep inside of you. 
it allows you to completely release it and it no longer is your problem. So if you just gave that a shot and tried it and notice everyone try it, just saying to yourself, this person is behaving this way, feeling these emotions, thinking these things, saying these things because they're afraid. And I actually find that saying it out loud, even whispering it to yourself, is different than thinking it. Because when you say it out loud, you're not only saying it, you're hearing it, and you're thinking it. It becomes more of a reality. Where thinking it just is another thought, one of the millions of thoughts that's going on in your head. Saying it changes it and allows it to have a more, more take up more space within you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it puts that vibration out into the world and I think helps us feel it a little deeper feel as well. Deeper, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so what I have discovered is, I, I, so I call this process making a light shield. It's protecting me from the darkness of others. Because mm-hmm. what I'm saying when I do this is, this is your stuff and not mine. This is your fear and not my fear. By saying, that you're being rude to me, you're being cruel to me, you're hurting me, is the result of you you being afraid, it changes me from being judgmental and reactionary to having compassion. Because we all know how sucky it is to feel afraid, how bad and awful it feels. And we're now noticing that rather than this person being a bad person, an evil person, they're simply an afraid person. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. can have some compassion for where they're stuck. Because who likes to be afraid? It's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Who likes to be dark and negative? Right? We can have compassion for their stuckness in this place. And when we have compassion and we're not taking it personally and it's not triggering fear in us, then we have a choice of how we want to respond. We don't need to react. We can choose how we want to act. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of that as, like you said, instead of reacting, we're actually being. We're, we have the choice to be what we choose to be instead of, you know, um, so we're taking it from an unconscious place to a intentional conscious awareness of choice. Yes, I yes, that's totally right. I get, I agree with you. And then I also get that it's allowing you to act from light, from love, mm-hmm. not just intention, but from compassion, from love and from light. So everything starts to shift as soon as you say those words out loud. As soon as you understand, at a deep level, that this person's darkness has nothing to do with you. It's only because they're afraid. You can now respond in a loving, compassionate, caring way, if you choose to. And if you use it retrospectively, you can let go of pain that you're carrying on to from that moment. I'm sure you, I know I certainly have, memories that are filled with pain from when people have hurt me. Or are triggered a strong negative response in me. And you can use this tool, creating a light shield, 
to actually start to clear out and let go of those heavy burdens of darkness and fear that you're carrying with you. I've done it like with like with my when I was a small child, I've gone back in my memory to when like someone called me stupid. And understanding that this was this person filled with fear and overwhelmed with fear and expressing that fear by needing to call me stupid, by needing to label me, by needing to lash out at me. This was how they were expressing their fear. And when I understood that at a deep level, I no longer needed to carry the pain of that memory. I no longer needed to carry their fear forward with me. It wasn't, it's theirs, it's not mine. Even though I started carrying it at the age of four, when I understood it was theirs and not mine, it freed me from that painful memory, from their stuckness, from their darkness. Yeah, it seems like it allows for a level of forgiveness to come through also. Oh, total forgiveness. And it's almost beyond forgiveness because it's uh, by acknowledging that they behaved in this way because they were afraid. It, you don't even need to forgive because it's total understanding and compassion. Mm-hmm. But even maybe like a level of forgiveness for ourselves. I like I know what you're saying is like completely letting it go and releasing it. But I think just because, you know, still we have these human minds that part of the process is, you know, forgiving the other person than forgiving ourselves for some, you know, because I think sometimes we beat up on ourselves or hold ourselves accountable in different ways um, because we're self-judging too. You know, and we're we're taking, like you said, these this fear, these negative emotions, and sort of, you know, um, holding ourselves hostage with them almost. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. We're holding ourselves hostage. That's exactly right. They're controlling us, aren't they? They're controlling how we feel about ourselves, how we see ourselves, how we respond to people in life. When we understand that when we're beating ourselves up, it's coming from our own fear. When other people are beating us up, it's coming from their fear. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when, it's, it, it's when you understand and when you say out loud, this is this person filled with fear, overwhelmed with fear and expressing their fear, it takes it beyond your logical thinking mind and brings it down deep inside of you. It's almost, it bypasses the thinking logical part of your mind and takes it down into the subconscious where all your memories and all your programming are held and kept. And it allows things just to move and shift so that you can be in the world in a new way. Hmm. And the only way that you'll know this is true is if you try it for yourself. I don't ask you to believe me or believe what I'm saying. I'm saying give it a try and see what happens when you do. Because then you'll, you'll see whether it's true for you or not. If this makes, if it actually shifts something inside of you, 
I trained as a scientist. And so it's, I always tell all my clients, everyone I work with, the proof is in the pudding. Try it. See. I'm not asking anyone to believe anything I'm saying. I'm saying this is a new way of being in the world or perceiving the world. It's a tool that you can try and use and see what shifts as a result of it. Is, would it be okay if, um, could you guide us through a quick little exercise? Sure, definitely. So um, there's three sentences and um, I find that they're profound in what they each sentence says. And for me, I say each of the sentences. And the first sentence is, this is blank, the person, right? And perhaps the role they're playing. This is um, uh, Paul, my husband, right? Filled with fear, which is acknowledging that he's feeling a lot of fear, that he's filled with fear. The second sentence is, this is Paul, or this is blank in their role, overwhelmed with fear. So now they're losing control of themselves, aren't they? Because fear is taking over. And this is blank in their role, expressing that fear. So the three sentences are linked. They're filled with fear, then they're overwhelmed with fear, and now they're expressing that fear by. And what's really interesting is you're going to look at what they are doing that is upsetting you. You're not interpreting anything. What is it specifically they are doing? Are they rolling their eyes? Are they raising their voice? Are they turning their back on you? What are they doing that's upsetting you? Are they cutting you off so you can't get your sentences? You can't speak a complete sentence. Are they, um, are they sneering at you? What are they doing that's upsetting you? Are they not calling you back or texting you back after you reached out to them? What you need to do is you need to start identifying what is it, what this one person is doing that's upsetting you. And so I did, I created a light shield once for someone and I just couldn't seem to get the release. And I made four or five. And then all of a sudden I realized that I was missing the one thing that this person did that really triggered me. And that is whenever I said something she didn't like, she would roll her eyes. And as soon as I recognized that, then everything let go and I was able to move on. So sometimes it takes a little bit of playing with it to identify what is that person doing that is upsetting you. Now, we don't want your interpretation. They're trying to make me mad. That's your interpretation. How? How are they trying to make you mad? Oh, they're cutting me off. They're being rude. They're telling me I'm stupid. No interpretations, just the facts. So here we go. Okay, now that I did, did, did my explanation, do you have any questions about my explanation before we begin to try it? Yeah, no, I think that was clear. Let's try it. Okay, so I want everyone to close their eyes. Take a nice deep breath in. And to focus on their exhale, the sound of the air, the movement of the air out of their nose and mouth. The movement of their chest down and in as they exhale. And as you focus on your exhale, I want you to notice what you're feeling. 
and you feel yourself dropping down and in. You're going to notice that you're inhaling, and that's normal. And now just put 100% of your focus, your energy, on the exhale. So I want you now to think of someone who upsets you, who triggers you. Everyone has someone in their life that triggers them. And I want you to come up with, think of, from where you are right now, three ways this person upsets you, what they actually are doing that upsets you. How are they upsetting you? And we're just getting a few of the ways that they upset you. You're not going to get the entire list. We're just doing a small exercise here. And now I'm going to say the sentence, and you're going to repeat it after me with the person's name in there, okay? This is blank and their role filled with fear. So repeat that with the person's name and their role in your life. And now the second sentence. This is the person's name and their role overwhelmed with fear. And repeat that sentence. And now the third sentence. This is the person's name and their role expressing their fear. I'll say that sentence and filling in all the information. And now what we're going to do is you're going to start to say out loud one at a time what they're doing that's upsetting you. So they're expressing their fear by what? Say that out loud. They're expressing their fear by this is the first thing on your list. And I want you to notice when you say that item on your list that's upsetting you, notice what you're feeling in your body. Sometimes it can really resonate. You can feel it in your chest, in your body. It's like it's hitting home. And I want you just to breathe. Focus on your exhale. Just notice. Take a little moment to sit with. This is how they're expressing their fear by doing this first thing. Please. Okay, here we go. This is how they're expressing their fear by doing this second thing. Say that. Notice what you're feeling in your body. And now you're just going to sit and think about that for a moment. This is how this person is expressing their fear by doing this second upsetting thing to you. And breathe. Notice what you're feeling in your body as you breathe. 
And let's do the last one, the third item on your list. This is this person expressing their fear by doing this third upsetting thing to me. Say that now. There is what you're feeling in your body. Focus on your exhale. And now let's just check in. Check in and think about this person and notice how you're feeling about them now. What's the intensity of what you're feeling in your body, not in your head necessarily? Two different places, isn't it? Your body, subconscious. Your head is your stories, your thinking. What are you feeling in your body when you think about this person now? A little bit less tense, maybe? The level of tension in your body as you think about this person tells you you have more work to do, more clearing to do, more light shields to make. If someone's really important in your life, you might need to make 15 light shields, 20 light shields to make sure you get everything they're doing that's upsetting you. And what happens is, once you've made a light shield, it sticks. It's there. You've made a light. I made a light shield for the person for rolling their eyes. That person could roll their eyes with me as much as they wanted, and it never bothered me again. Once you make a light shield for a certain way of being upset by that person, it's solid. You might need to make more light shields if they do other things that upset you. But that one is, is solid. You're clear. I hardly make any light shields anymore because I've made so many that people don't really uh, trigger me as much. I used to drive down to visit my family. And the whole way down, I'd be making light shields about what I was afraid they were going to do. So you can do it for things that you're afraid are going to happen, how they're going to respond, how they're going to behave. And so I'd get down there to visit my family, completely non-reactive, because I'd created all these light shields. So even if they did behave in a hurtful way, it didn't trigger me, because at a deep level, I understood they were only behaving that way because they were afraid. And it had nothing to do with me. I love that, that you can use it for sort of pre-paving, too. Or, you yeah. know, like getting ahead of it, so to speak. Exactly. So you can use it for the past, for painful memories. You can do it for the present. When Sometimes I'll tell people, okay, you're with your someone that's really pushing your buttons. Take a break. Go to the bathroom. Get a drink of water. You create your light shield in that moment. It's just three sentences, right? And then the, all the things they're doing to upset you. Take a break for a moment. Regroup and then go back in again. Mm -hmm. And then you can do it for the future. Because I found that a lot of the garbage that I was holding on to, that I was feeling, actually came from other people. 
I like, you know, when you wake up and you're in a great mood and then all of a sudden you find after being with, with people who are in a bad mood, your whole day has changed and you're just feeling down. I was, I was like, mm-hmm. my gosh, what the heck is going on here? And as soon as I realized it was coming from them and I was able to see it was just coming from their fear and saying that light shield out loud, then I was in a fine mood and it didn't negatively impact me anymore. The thing is, there's three important, three important components of this. First, you say it out loud, even if you're whispering it under your breath. The second is there's three sentences. This is blank and their role filled with fear. This is blank and their role overwhelmed with fear. And this is blank and their role expressing that fear. And the third is you're coming up with a list of what they are doing to upset you. We don't care what they're doing to upset other people. We don't care why they're doing it. All we're looking at is what are they doing that is getting under your skin that's triggering you. And we don't care why. We just want the list of what they're doing, just the facts. Those are the three key components to making a light shield. Oh, and one other one is actually sitting and breathing as you say each one. Give yourself time to process it. So there's four. Mm-hmm. And then you can make a light shield in anyone about anything and let it go. Let go of holding on to carrying, being a hostage to their fear and their darkness. Yeah, I love that. So powerful. So powerful. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. All right. Well, tell, let's um, find out like where we can find you and your book and all of the juicy things. Okay. So the book I wrote is called Drink from the Well and it's by Eliora. And it has this tool, the light shield tool in it, as well as seeing and understanding your own fears. It also has a description of how to connect to your deepest wisdom and meditative techniques. Um, and all the thinking behind fear and what fears we have and how we're responding. So that's in the book. I have a website that's very different. It's called um, eliorasjourney.com. So it's Eliora with an S at the end, E-L-I-O-R-A-S journey.com. And I created a labyrinth. So you go in and you choose one spot to begin with on the labyrinth. You read the blog. And at the end of the blog are questions to help you see where you want to go next in your understanding. And it takes you to a whole nother idea and a blog. And you read that blog. And by going on this journey of understanding, it's taking you to a new place. And each time you visit, it's a new experience because you're processing and understanding important ideas from different perspectives in different order with different questions coming to your mind. So that's my website, eliorasjourney.com. Um, and um, my uh, email address is um, eliorasjourney at gmail.com. If you'd like to write to me or find out about any of the workshops I'm leading or classes, um, I'd love to hear from you. Oh, wonderful. And your book is on Amazon? It's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and at local independent pub, um, bookstores. 
Okay, cool. And I have to say, yeah, I, I have been to your website and it's a really cool experience. So I encourage all of you to go over there and check it out. Um, it is not like your typical, you know, <laughs> website landing page. It is, I think it's pretty cool. I love the concept and, and how, um, it takes you, like you said, it just takes you through, um, you know, so many insightful things and introspections. I really enjoyed it. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to bring forward before we finish up today? Um, I guess the one important thing that I love everyone to take home is that everyone feels fear and darkness and that's normal and it's human. And when we go from seeing it as bad and wrong and shameful and just a normal part of who we are, it loses a lot of its power to control us. And it becomes almost just sort of a neutral entity, something neutral within us that we can say, oh, here it is again. Time to clear some fear. Oh, feeling a little fear today. Time to do some work. And we're less afraid of it. We're less triggered by it. And we're less judgmental and condemning of who we are and about other people when they're feeling fear. So that, I think, is the single most important lesson you can take home is that fear and darkness is normal. It doesn't need to be in control. There is another way of living your life that you can actually release it and live in love and light. And that it's just always going to be there. It's, it's like, I call it from my clients. It's like, you know how we brush our teeth every day? And that's personal hygiene. This is spiritual and emotional hygiene. We clear our fears every day. We create mm -hmm. our light shields every day. It's just normal. It's never going to go away. You're never not going to have to do it. And it's just, it just keeps you clean. It keeps your relationships clean, keeps your life clean, keeps your, it keeps your light clean so that you can actually choose how you want to live your life from love and compassion rather than being controlled by fear. So yeah, that's the single most important thing that I would love to share with your listeners. Well, thank you so much. And I completely agree that that daily spiritual and energetic hygiene is just as important as brushing our teeth. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show today. I've enjoyed your wisdom and everything you're bringing to the world. And uh, everyone out there, definitely check out the website, eliorsjourney.com. Um, these will be linked on the show notes page on my website, drlaramay.com forward slash podcast is where all the show notes live. And um, thank you again so much for being here today and for taking us through that experiential journey. Also, uh, that was fabulous and um, very, I feel like therapeutic and, and cathartic. Very good. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Okay, everyone, we'll definitely check out the show notes, check out Eliora's website and her book on Amazon. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.